This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Hello, everyone. Welcome on back. It's a new week. It's betting weekly game bet match, number one tennis betting podcast and YouTube show with our friends at Bet Rivers. Uh, talking to friends, he's back. He's my friend. good pal. It's our senior ATP Tour handicapper. It's Sean Calvert. Sean, you was scheduled to do a little bit late, uh, earlier today, but no no, no football for the boy. Yeah, his match has been called off. Um, it's, it's not right, is it? When, when I was a lad, I'd play in... <laughs> Here we go. Here I'd, we play go. In, I'd play in anything, you know, rain, snow, whatever. Now, I mean, you can't see outside here, but it's not raining. Was yesterday, so but they've called the match off because the the pitch is apparently too wet. I don't know what they're expecting in like January, February, but um, these days they're they're so unbelievably careful. It's, if there's a slight problem with the pitch, that they they just call the match off. So Lagan's very annoyed about that. He spent yesterday yelling at the opposition fans at Ipswich Town. I took him up to Ipswich Town yesterday against West Brom. He absolutely loved it, but now he's he's sour because there's no match on today. Yeah. Well, I mean. You, you might, it's, it's character building, isn't it? Put them out in the rain, you know, get get drenched. They, they train in the rain. At the door like that. They, I'm, I'm freezing. Like, <laughs> take they trained in the rain. I mean, Lagan didn't because he was at Ipswich yesterday, but the rest of the team trained. They had to move pitches to do it, but they still did it. You know, the weather was worse today, yesterday, than it was today. So now that the weather is better, they're not playing. Yeah, it's, it doesn't make any sense. It's It's health and safety gone mad is what it is. We're coming to you a little bit earlier today because uh, we're trying to get the show over to you before the big match of the evening. It's the Super Bowl, obviously, stateside. It's the Kansas City Chiefs up against the San Francisco 49ers. Taylor You're not going to ask will me be... for a pick, are you? Sorry? You're not going to no. ask me for a pick on this, no, are no. you? Uh, I, would, I would like, if I put, if I put three <laughs> people at like an identity parade and you had to spot Taylor Swift, would you better do it? Taylor Swift? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Taylor Swift, probably the most famous woman in the world. I know who she is, but I, I couldn't name you any of her records, and I don't really know what she looks like. Shake no. it up, shake it up, shake it up. Is that one of hers? Was that <laughs> is that such a bad impression that I can't get it? Or... <laughs> no, no, that's one of her songs. But would you know? Would you would you recognize? Uh, if you showed me uh, three pictures, I might of of women that look sort of ish like her. Maybe I don't know. I doubt it to be honest. No. Uh, well, I know what she... Britney Spears looks like, but that's probably you, that's yeah. Probably but you got you remember what she looked like twenty years ago, you know? Oh yeah, like. I wouldn't know what she looked you like. Now. Know she like now. Honestly, I I don't know anything about Taylor Swift. No, sorry, well, I don't. Job. Well, good job. We she don't want to Super Bowl anyway. By sorry? the way, what's what she, she doing got... there? What she? You mentioned Super Bowl, then you moved on to Taylor Swift. So what's what's the connection? She's uh, going out with one of the uh, one of the players of the Kansas City. Chiefs, uh, Chiefs, Kelsey, is that right? Sonic Kelsey. I can't, I, don't, I can't remember his name, but I, I wish I now. But she and they reckon the Bet Rivers taking bets whether he's going to propose to her after the match. That's a very, oh very popular God. prop, is it? Yeah, yeah. The last and American Usher. footballer I've heard of was probably Dan Marino in about 1986. 
Um, very famous for Ace Ventura Pet Detective. That's how I remember him. Um, yeah, he was in that, wasn't he? He lost the, dolphin, lost the dolphins. But anyway, the uh, the other thing I was going to say, Chishul, uh, Usher is the halftime act. You you into Usher? Okay. I remember Usher from, you know, what, got 20 years ago? Yeah. Something like that. He can't still be doing that, that same stuff, can he? Oh, yeah, he's dancing around. He must be like 40-odd by now. Yeah, I I went to see Usher in Las Vegas, and he does a, a whole ske- sketch on. Uh, I think probably do it at the Super Bowl. He comes on on rollerblades. Did you ever do any rollerblading? Funny you should say that. Actually, I, I did. I did actually oh, right. do roller skating with with Lagan about about a month or so ago. Never done yeah. it before. Um, Were we any good? I was all right. I mean, I wasn't oh, I wasn't God. brilliant, but I was able to kind of get round and sort of move. Around. I was going pretty slowly, but I was able to to get round and do it. Yeah. I'm absolutely useless at anything like that. Useless. I can do it, but it's it's not it's not impressive. I can just just about hold my own without falling over. I didn't fall over once actually, so um, I'm all right. I've got ba- bal- I've got pretty good balance actually. So I can I, stuff like that. I can do, but not to any not to any decent level. Very very mediocre. We went ice skating once, and I I just walked around the side of the ice skates, holding the People wall do that, like yeah. this, well, what's the going point? around just... and going uh, like moving like that for a half hour, and I just could have just. Save just myself take, 20 quid, walk around, the front, walk around the front it. room of the house, just touching just, the wall. Just go to the bar, have a drink, watch everybody else if you're going to do that. That's just annoying no, because no. when people are trying to, you know, stop and there's, they're trying to get to the side, there's you kind of yeah, edging me. your way around. And I'm on pushing one of those things as you get further and further oh, away. My days. I'm absolutely terrible. You anyway, enough about our ice skating and our uh, Super Bowl predictions. Um, it's all about tennis for us, is it? isn't it, here on Game Bet Match. And obviously this week's another bumper Week of tennis action is three tournaments uh, in the on the ATP tour. Uh, we've got a tournament in Rotterdam, a decent 500 event. We've got a tournament in Delray Beach, which is always a, a very popular one for American betters and American players. And we have a final one in Argentina in Buenos Aires. Uh, unfortunately, at the time of recording, we only have outright prices on two or, or two tournament winner prices on two of the uh, tournaments. So we've got Rotterdam and Delray Beach later on today. Um, let it head to the Betris website, and I'm sure you'll see some outright prices on Buenos Aires. So we've got a few matches to talk about as well. So let's start off with the tournament in Rotterdam. And as I said, it's not a bad little 500 event here. Uh, if you look at the the seedings, there's eight players seeded, no buys them. They've got to go straight in round one, and it's number one seed is the Australian Open champion Yannick Sinner, who is making his reappearance since he won the title in Melbourne. Uh, the number two seed is Andre Rublev. Uh, number three seed we have is Holger Rune. All kinds of struggles for him. Herbert Herkash, our friend, is uh, number four seed. Um, five seed, we have is Alex Diminoir. Six, Gregor Dimitrov. Seven, Ugo Ember is in action in the final today in Marseille. And number eight seed, Alexander Bublik. Uh, if the tournament went to seedings, it would be Sinner against Bublik in the quarterfinals. Herkash against Ember. Dimitrov against Rune. And Diminoir against Rublev. Um, before we look at that draw, break down the, the draw, look at the outright markets, Conditions here in Rotterdam. Did you go to Rotterdam last year? Did you? You went, didn't you? Yeah, I remember I had the gloves on with them trying to get about the merch. Oh, yes, yes, yes. They didn't have any merch. Yeah, you sent a few emails of complaint, I think, on that one. I got the marketing woman down to to explain why she didn't (laughs) have any any ABM and ABN AMRO open t shirts or anything like that. They had about two or three towels. That was it. If you remember the conversation, I brought her down and she said she was insisting that they had t shirts. And I went, well, show me. And she took me to the stand and and she was like, well, there aren't any. And I said, well, yeah, I've told you this. There aren't any. And she, she, there was a couple, she goes, there's towels. I said, well, you know, with, with all due respect, that's not, 
That's not, not proper merch. Well, T-shirt, is it? It's a she said she was going to make it. She said, oh, we'll make sure they have some next year. So if you're going to the ABN AMRO Open, any of you that's listening, get yourself down to that merch stand. If they haven't got merch, get her down from her yeah. little ivory tower and ask her where the merch is. Um, yeah. You weren't happy, were you? you is that what you asked me about? No, you weren't happy about it, were you? About the, the well, I wasn't, no, because what all the, all the ball kids and everybody, there was about 400 kids running around with ABN AMRO T-shirts on. But none for none for the paying public. It's a disgrace. Well, but there you go. Well, I'm not one to complain, but no, I would have just <laughs> accepted it and gone on and watched, gone to the bar and had a, a, a Heineken or something over there. But anyway, well, is it a good tournament? Is it quick? Is it nice? You know, I know we've got no merch, but what, is it, how are we going to benefit from your your insights last year on how we're going to make money this year? Um, but the problem is they change the speed of the courts every year, don't they, with these indoor surfaces? Even Dallas last week that looked a lot slower this year than it was last year they keep tweaking it and generally they tweak it to the slower side but it's a proflex indoor hard court here um the main court's usually pretty slow the outdoor ones for me tend to look a little outdoor the outside ones which is a, a, about five minute walk across the other side of the arena they, they tend to be a bit quicker but they use these slow technifiber balls here uh, i'm not keen on these at all they're very kind of they fluff up pretty quickly they're kind of dead um if you look at the last three years' statistics here, just 79% holds of serve, 71.8% first serve points won. That's pretty slow. 41% um, of the matches feature a tie break. Yeah, that's okay. It tends to be another one of those indoor surfaces where if you've got a big serve, that's that's going to be pretty crucial. But in the rallies, it, it just looks really slow. Um, it, again, they, they could change it. They're, they're quite possibly, they, they may have changed it this year. I don't know, but... Um, certainly not one of the quicker tournaments in the last sort of three or four years anyway. As far as underdog winners are concerned, 34% uh, of the underdogs win. It's kind of around about average, and that's spread evenly throughout the round, so no real round bias in terms of when the underdog winners occur. As far as overs, uh, overs unders are concerned, 22 and a half games, 51% of the matches have gone over. So a very, very slight trend towards the over um, in the last five years. If we look at the previous winners here, Medvedev won it in 2023. Felix Auger had his team at 2022. Rublev in 21. Gail Monfils won it back-to-back -back in 2020 and 2019. And a certain Roger Federer won it in 2018. So it has been won by players at the top of their game or players who, who are you know, usually high in their betting order there. Well, um, let's have the a look. Only top seed, sorry, mate. Federer is the only top seed to have won the title here, actually since 2011. Right. But Medvedev would have been high in the betting, though, wouldn't he? I mean, the Felix. Oh, yeah, the high in the betting, time, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Felix at the time. Yeah. So the number one seed is Yannick Sinner, and he's a very, very low favourite, heavy favourite with uh, Bet Rivers. Not surprisingly, really. Sinner is a plus 125 chance to win this. Um, before we come on to the Sinner's chances, plus 650 for Rublev. Her cash is nine. Dimitrov is 10. Alex Diminoir is 12. Holgerun is having some all kinds of struggles without a coach. At the moment, he's sacked a lot of his team. He's 12 to 1. Hugo Embert was in the final in Marseille this afternoon against Dimitrov. He's 14. Felix Auger de Sim at 22 to 1. Calder 22 to 1. Safanin 25. Bublik at 28 to 1. I thought that was quite a big price for the number eight seed. Uh, Kuric at 33. And Ruzabori at 33 as well. Um, Sinner, I mean, first tournament back, such a big high of winning the Australian Open. He's gone to see the Prime Minister of Italy. He's won every single chat show in Italy. He's mm -hmm. now got the pressure of not only uh, to himself, but a nation expects now for him to do well. 
uh, is he, you know, what, what do you see in his character? Do you think he's someone who might thrive on that? Or do you think he might find that little, little because he, he's quite a quiet character. He might just be a bit, a bit daunting for him. Plus 125 here. It might be. I can expect him to just turn up and win it. Yeah, well, the number one seed has lost in round one or round two in three of the last four years here. So not a great trend as far as the number one seed is concerned. But, you know, you're guessing, aren't you? Is, is he going to thrive on it? Maybe. Seems to me like it's it's a lot of pressure. For, for a young guy. Now, he's now expected to win this tournament, isn't he? He got to the final last year. He lost to Medvedev, didn't he? He wasn't expected to win it last year. Now he is. He's he's a hot, hot favourite, isn't he? So, we'll see how he gets on. I mean, it, it, as you said, all this stuff's new to him, wasn't it? He's now the he's now the media darling. I mean, he, he was pretty much the media darling anyway, but now it's it's another level, isn't it? We'll just have to see how he goes. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't back him at that price. Um, he's... Way, way too short. It's 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 a it's a come down, isn't it? It's it's back to, it's back to work for him almost now, isn't it? He's done. He's won the the title that he wanted to win. He's done all the the after stuff that you just talked about, and now it's back to the you know the ATP tour. And he's got he start he's got to start again from scratch. It's not easy to do. Um, he may do it, but backing him at that price. Um, just a couple more trends on uh, uh for this tournament. Uh, six of the last seven champions, as you said, have been single figure odds, but there have been some. There've been quite a few big price. Um, finalists over the years and a qualifier has made the semi-finals here in four of the last seven years so don't discount the qualifiers but Sinner for me if you're asking me about would I back him at that price no definitely not I'm sure he will be very heavily supported because of the nature of his name and he's the champion and a lot of people will come in but there's some really big tennis tournaments coming up you know you've got Dubai you've got Indian Wells you've got Miami as well where Sinner will prioritize those ahead mm. of this tournament it might be a little tough come along tune your game in get back to winning ways and sort of highlight, you know, focus on what's coming up. So I, I agree with you. I think plus 125, he's a, he is a, he should be the favorite. He's the number one seed. He is the defender. He's the, uh, sorry, the Australian Open current champion, but uh, just a little bit bigger than even money. That does seem uh, not in any value at all. He, he first up, he faced Van der Sandtrip and then in the second round, he could possibly play Gael Monfils, who's not in the best of form, but he's a two times winner here. And we've spoken about the Frenchman before. He likes to raise his, game against big, big players, and there's no bigger player in the world at the moment than Yannick Sinner. He got kicked out of the UTS a couple of days ago. I saw that. Yeah. I, I saw that, yeah. He, he was, I saw his tweet making a complaint. I didn't I, I didn't really actually understand he, what, what he happened. Out backstage, and somebody, as a result of whatever horse play they were doing, one of the, one of the I think it was the tournament director or something like that, supervisor or something, he, he got injured somehow during this frolicking that was going on backstage, and for some reason they they decided the best course of events would be to to disqualify Monfils from playing, which is a bit weird since it's an exhibition. I can sort of get it if it was a, a proper professional tournament with certain rules and regulations, but whoever gets disqualified from an exhibition, it's mm. a bit, some, something a bit strange going on. There. I doubt he's done anything malicious. He's not that kind of guy, but something odd has gone on and somehow this guy's got hurt and they've found a way to recompense it by getting rid of him and then bringing in Luca Puy. It's all very strange. Yeah, his tweets, he was very apologetic and he, he you know, he obviously, it, it, something went on there a little bit, Frank, that went a little bit too far, but uh, he didn't participate in that tournament, but he has participated here and he is a two-times winner. And yeah, central to play Sinner yeah, in the round 16. So if Sinner isn't any value, Sean, where do we look? I mean, are we looking at the bottom half to oppose him in an each way sort of angle or are we looking at someone in the top half who could potentially beat him before we even get to that stage and get someone get the Italian eliminated before he reaches the final. I'm going for that most rare of specimens here, a, a Dutch player that isn't afraid of playing in the Netherlands. And that, mm. that man is 50 to one shot Talon Greekspor. Mm. 
think he's uh, a really good each way bet here. Um, you know, over the years, many people that have watched tennis and watched Dutch players play tennis, they're not, they've not been, I'm talking about the men's side, I couldn't say about the women's, but you know, they've really, really struggled playing here particularly, but and at home generally, but Greek sport doesn't appear to be that way at all, quite the opposite. Um, he's won 11 of his last 12 matches in the Netherlands as Greek sport, won the title on the grass in Rosmarlen last summer. Now, the only loss in those 12 matches was here in the semi-finals last year against Sinner, 7-5, 7-6. So he lost a tight one to Sinner. That's that's the only match he's lost. I think that includes Davis Cup and everything else uh, playing in his homeland. So it's very rare to find a player that is motivated to go well rather than being terrified of it. Um, as I said, we'll see how Sinner responds to, to, to being the overwhelming favourite. But for me, Greek sport, 50-1. to one. He's the most motivated here. You know, this is a, as you said, it's a kind of a strange time of the season, isn't it? It's before Indian Wells and Miami, after Australia, and it's a bit of a an in between. And when we've had this tournament in years gone by, we've had a couple of two, maybe three or four really strong top seeds. I don't think that's the case this time. Sinner, I say there's doubts about him. I, I just we'll have to see how he responds. And Rublev, you know, not not the most consistent. Um, Got into something you wouldn't fear. You wouldn't go all rublevs at the bottom half. I better avoid that. You know, it's it's. I think he like. I think I back to me last year. He lost to Diminor in the first match, didn't he? Mm. Pretty sure yeah. that's what happened. Um, so I'm I'm more than happy to take a guy who is hugely motivated this week. And that, as I say, that man is Greek sport fifty to one. I think is is decent. He starts off against Lorenzo Massetti, and uh, on a quick court, he shouldn't really have. Well, hopefully, not have too many problems there. And then in the second round, this is where it might get a little bit more difficult. He's up. Should be up against the. Uh, Hubert Herkash, the number four He's got a seed. poor record here, Herkash. Don't think he's ever won back-to-back matches in, in uh, Rotterdam. Mm-hmm. So, Greek sport, 50-1 to one in the top half of the draw. Have you cast your eye on the bottom half? Because the bottom half, to me, just Holger Rune. I mean, massive question marks about him. Mm. You know, a bit, he's 12-1 to one to win his tournament. If it was last year, he'd probably be 5-1. to one. Um, Tempted with Saflin, I was, in the bottom half. Tempted with Roman Saflin. We'll talk about that in a minute. But he was the one that I was considering at sort of 25-ish to one. But... We want a slightly bigger price, and I, I do prefer the the um, the odds on Greek sport. And as I said, I don't want to have too many bets in February. You can you can go mad and then end up kind of struggling. Yeah, I think in that bottom half of the draw, there's a lot of question marks, a lot about a lot of players. Obviously, Dimitrov is in the final, so in he, Marseille, Marseille, yeah. Marseille, so he could be questionable. Uh, Room, we all know the problems he he has, and he plays Saffron in round one. So we're going to come on to that match in a minute. Diminuar is up against Corda, so that's a difficult match to start with there. And Rublev as well in the second round potentially could play Felix Auger Sim. Felix has actually won this tournament as well. I quite like him this week. I think Felix is going to have a big tournament. I've, I've been saying that for a couple of weeks. I, I just see signs that he's getting back to his to, to some kind of form again. And uh, I think at a big price you're going to get a good run for well, your money for Felix. What price is he? He's only twenty two to one. I'd want a little bit more than that, but yeah, I think in a tournament it's possible. Uh, Indoor is his best conditions yeah. clearly. I think you know, and we saw at the end of not last season, the season before, how well he ended the year, the campaign. And we were talking about potentially, well, I was talking about potentially winning the Australian Open and then look how quickly it all changed from last year. So he's a talent yeah. player. But the pick from us in uh, Rotterdam is the Dutchman. Uh, Greek Sport at 50 to 1 in the top half. We believe that Yannick Sinner, uh, plus 125. We know he's going to be a bad result for Bet Rivers. We know that you will bet him, but we think at plus 125, he doesn't represent any value. And that's what we're here to do, highlight some value. Before we move on to the next tournament, uh, we've got some sorry matches here in Rotterdam. How are you feeling, Sean? Because last time we spoke, you weren't you were a bit under the weather, mate. Yeah, the, the, the sore throat lasted about five, six days. It's 
just gone off a bit yesterday. So it's, that's it's all all that's happened though is it's moved on to the chest now. So I don't know what this virus is, but it's gone from the throat now. The chest's all dodgy. So I'm all right, better than last week, but not uh, not not hundred percent. Let's say that. Well, we appreciate you coming on here this morning on a Sunday morning. You're a trooper, trooper for the cause. Uh, let's look at it. So, so let's have a look at the the four matches you've highlighted here in Rotterdam, and they they all look quite nice matches. Actually, nice, very sort of even betting matches. Not many heavy favourites. You know, you really you don't usually see this in the first round of any tournament, especially mm. in the five hundred event. So these are really good matches to actually get involved in. And the first match we're going to look at is Bublik, the number eight seed against Courage. Um, they met uh, in the final of Montpellier. Bublik won in a tight one, 5-7, 6-2, 6-3, only a couple of weeks ago. Prior to that, they met in Haller as well, and Bublik won that as well. So he's 2-0 up on the head-to-heads yet. Uh, he's a small favourite here, minus 124. Courage is even money. Uh, the spread is one and a half, one and a half. Courage receiving one and a half is minus one thirty. Bublik plus one hundred two, and the total here is twenty two and a half with over minus one twenty two and under minus one hundred four. Um, bet Rivers have twenty eight different markets available on this match, and if you do place a bet on this match or any match uh, on the Bet Rivers website, you'll be able to watch live and bet live. You'll be able to live, live stream the match on your preferred, your tablet or your laptop or any device you wish to use. Um, my first reaction here is that, you know, Bublik has obviously beat him last time, but it was a very close match. And I think it could be close again. I was my looking at this match, and I, I didn't know which way you were going to go here, but I thought potentially overs on the games or maybe look at sort of the first set overs. I think that this might be a, especially a tight opener. Well, when I wrote this, Bublik was, was underdog. You know, the odds have changed overnight right. since, since I started writing about this one so um i, I, I was initially going to go with public i mean it's, it's a bad matchup for borna courage um as most matches are against a big servers he's not a player that enjoys playing big servers at all the two times they've met public and, and chorich um the service points one every 10 points one tells 113 to 87 in favor of public um he won pretty easy didn't he public in that montpellier final once he dropped the first set which he did he did the record, didn't he, in Montpellier? He's the only player to have won a tournament, having lost the first set in every single match. Uh, and he did it again in the final, obviously, against Courage. Started started poorly and ended up winning pretty comfortably. You know, Public Cell served 91% of the time against Courage in this matchup. And and Courage has only held serve himself 64% of the time. So it's, it's it's been a matchup that's been painful for him. If we look slightly further into it, um, in terms of his performance against big service bornish charge. He's um eight and fifteen win loss against the ones in my database. He's only broken serve ten percent of the time in those matches, winning a measly twenty-nine percent of return points. So he's he's really struggled against against the guys that can bang it down. And my only concern with Bublik is not only what one of my concerns with Bublik is the fact that he's coming from that UTS in Oslo as well. He doesn't have a particularly good record here. He's, he's barely won a match here, Bublik. It, you feel like it, it wouldn't be a surprise if he put in one of his horrible ones, which, which is which is the concern. But on, if you can set aside those concerns, um, I'd certainly be looking to back Bublik, perhaps, perhaps in play. It wouldn't surprise me if he started slowly again um, and then you got a slight bit of plus money on Bublik. I'd, I'd perhaps go for that. Unless you, you, you watch it and think he's just going to tank this one, which is also possible with Bublik, as we know. Um, I certainly couldn't back Courage in this at all. It's not a good matchup for him, or it hasn't been. 
And if you are going to place a wager on this match, make sure you're up nice and early. You're going to have a late night, late night with the Super Bowl, but you're going to get up nice and early. 5 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow, this match starts because it's European-based over in Rotterdam. So you need to be up nice and early to make sure you bet the bets on, or do it now. Do it before the, the American football action this evening and have a bet and make sure you take the price on Bob League out plus minus 124. Um, at the current price, though, Sean, not an official play, I'm, I'm guessing. No, I wouldn't. I think there are better no. options around uh, in today's show than than that, to be honest. But I, I would be tempted at evens or you know, slight plus money. The next match we are going to move on to, hopefully some better options there. We're going to have uh, Alessandro Davidovich Fikina up against Jean-Leonard Struff. Uh, Davidovich Fikina uh, is the favourite here at uh, minus 124. This is another one where the market is sort of moving quite heavily as well. Uh, Jean-Leonard Struff is plus uh, 100, so even money for Leonard Struff. Uh, Fikina minus one and a half is plus 102 on the spread. Uh, Struff plus one and a half is minus 130. And the total here is 22 and a half again with over minus 117. Now there's been money for Davidovich Fikini uh, this morning. Uh, there's been a bit of a move from last night. When you look at his indoor record, I was quite surprised by that. I know he's uh, he, he's two and one this year from what he's done so far. But prior to that, he only won two matches in 2023 indoors. And in 2022, he lost all of his six matches. Um, what do you think about this one? I, 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 I'm quite surprised that the move has been quite heavy for Davidovich for King. Now, I mean, we know Struff mm. has a lot of injury problems, and I don't know if that's any sort of concern for that for that move. But there has been a lot of money for the Spaniard in the last couple of hours. Yeah, I'm surprised about that. It's it's not based on any indoor statistics. It it might be based on what people think they know about Struff. Maybe he has a lot of problem injury problems, as you said, in recent times. Um. He hasn't got a particularly good record in Rotterdam either, Struff, actually. He's 2-7 win-loss, which is, I found, quite surprising. The conditions you would have thought would favour him. I should imagine this match we played on one of the outside courts, which which will be quicker, which you would think would favour Struff. Um, I think this is a reasonable spot to get with Struff, really. I'm, I'm slightly concerned now that you said the money come for Davidovic, but um, if you look at what the, both of these guys have done, last 20 matches at main level and indoor hard, Davidovic for Kina, 39% win rate and a service points one, return points one total of 97. Uh, Struff, some way better, 45% win rate and a total of 100. So on the indoor hard data over the last couple of years, that is, um, and that, you know, in, in that time frame, Struff has struggled a lot with injuries as well, but he's still got a considerably better record than Davidovich for Kina. The service hold and break totals again, it favours Struff 96 to 93. Not seeing where this moves coming from for Davidovich unless it is an, yet another Struff injury. Mm. Um, I, I would be tempted with, I mean, Struff is normally a, a very strong starter. Uh, if you don't want to back him to win the match, uh, you know, back him to win the first set. I, I, could, I, I can't see where this money's coming from for Davidovich. It's not based on any indoor, indoor hardcore form, that's for sure. No, if you want to bet uh, Struff to win the opening set, we've got a price there. I'm just trying to find it for you here. Set one, uh, Leonard Struff is minus 104 to win set one. David Ochoakin is minus 120. Or just to win the match. I mean, what I would? those are the two I'd be looking at, certainly. I couldn't back Davidovich at that price. That's, that's I can say that with certainty. Well, I, I was looking at his indoor record, thinking we, we've got that's to dreadful. oppose him. And then just seeing the money, I just, that, and if he was playing any, any other player, I I, I would think, well, but Struff, it's just the injury concern. I just, that would be my only beer on this one so again is it a lean towards Struff with that move yeah it's a lean towards Struff yeah the, the stronger one's coming up in a minute okay let's move on to the next match and this is an interesting one as I you know this, I 
I looked at this match here and I, and I was very, very intrigued by it. Zugo and Bear, the big serving left-handed Frenchman up against Emile Ruzavore. Uh, Ruzavore leads 4-0 in the head-to-head record between these two. Uh, yeah, he's the underdog. He's uh, even money here. Um, the handicap or the spread is one and a half. Ruzavori giving up, uh, sorry, receiving one and a half is minus 132. Umber plus 104. And the total is 22 and a half with over minus 124 and under minus 103. There's a couple of things that you, when you look at tennis betting, someone who goes deep the week before, uh, it's Umber in his home tournament in Marseille. You, yep. you 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 think to yourself, has he gone all in to win that tournament in front of his support? Then he's got to play Ruzavori in Rotterdam and then the head-to-head. So uh, I'm loving this Ruzavori price here at even money. Yeah, I, 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 there's a lot to like about Ruzavori here, isn't there? Mm. I, I don't think Umber's going to fancy this at all after the efforts of Marseille. He's not, as at the time we're speaking, he's not played the final yet, as he against Dimitrov. Um, he's got to go through that. That's going to be another tough match. Um Let's say he loses that, or even if he wins that, he's now got to go from Marseille to Rotterdam in a very short period of time to very different conditions. He's never won a match here, Humbert. He's only played two, but he's lost both of them. It, it just feels like it's it, it, it's a come down for him, whatever happens. You know, if he wins the title in, in Marseille, this is going to be a bit of an after the Lord Mayor's show. If he loses, he's going to be on a bit of a down, and then he thinks, oh, God, I've got to go to, not only have I got to go to Rotterdam, but I've got to play Rusevari again. And he might bump into that woman with the t-shirts as well along the way. You know, hey. he might bump into that merch woman, might he? As well, he doesn't. Want, she won't be showing her face again after to, the last year. Doesn't want to see her either. Does He's he? been sacked. Hopefully, I oh, mean, okay. coming in with his towels business. I'm not. I'm not having. That. I'm almost tempted to go back to Rotterdam see if she's still there and they've got any merch. But that, a spite trip. It seems a bit. Seems nah. a bit excessive, doesn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, the head-to-head is heavily in favour of Rusev. Right, three of the matches were on clay. Which you wouldn't have thought would favour either either player. Actually, they were, both of them would prefer a, a quicker, lower bouncing surface. But uh, and the other one was on grass, which which Rusevori should have won very easily. Actually, it was in Rosmarlin last summer. I think he was somewhat like six two five two up or something like that, and managed to choke his way, almost choked his way out of the entire thing, and he ended up winning it in a tight third set in the end. But he should have won that easy as well. The service points won in return points win totals one hundred and five to ninety five. Um, Rusevori five percent better on serve. 5% better on return in the matchup so far. And the, the key stat on this one is that Rusevori, not only does he love playing on Bay, he loves playing left-handers in general. He's won 22 of his last 25 matches against left-handers as Rusevori. And the three losses were against Nadal, Draper and Manorino. So his, his record against left-handers is absolutely outstanding. It's not just on that he enjoys playing. It's all the others as well. So... He, he did look a bit tired, actually. We backed him last week, didn't we, Bruce? Mm. He started off pretty well, and then he, he put in a bad one against Davidovich. He was awful against Davidovich in the, in the second second round or a second match. Um, maybe a bit of fatigue after after Davis' cut, but now it's going to be unbear that surely you're going to be the one that's that's more fatigued, and I think you have to take Rusevore at these odds. I think it's going to be a classic one here where they flip-flop favourites. I think it'd be Rusevore starts at minus 122, and Umber starts at evens. There is a slight chance, though, that Umber might pull out of the tournament slightly, potentially. He might, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's due to play next week. I don't think he's down right to play any tournament uh, of the three next week. So I, I doubt he'd pull out. He might put it. The ideal scenario is he puts it. He turns up and he puts in a bit of a a weak one. You would imagine if he loses the first set, you could see 
you can see the toys coming out of the pram. It could, it could be all over for him pretty quickly. That's that's the ideal scenario for me here, but I, I think you have to take this price. Yeah, I really do like this. And that I'm I'm sure that is an official pick. Ruzavori yeah. even money. Yeah, Ruzavori even money to beat Hugo Embert. What a brilliant record against left hand. There's a brilliant record against the Frenchman, the Frenchman in the tournament in his uh, in his hometown in Marseille. So um lot to like about Ruzavori there. Um, a lot not to like at the moment about Holgerun. Um, the guy's mm. having a bit of a meltdown at the moment. It's uh, sort of sort of quite all crashing around him. He's got rid of his coaching staff. Morris Becker has gone. Um, and now he plays Safflin, a player he beat earlier in the year. But uh, he's a minus 175 favourite here at the moment. And I just don't see any way anybody can have any confidence in Rune at minus 175. Safflin is plus 138. Uh, the spread, two and a half. Safflin receiving two and a half, minus 129. With Rune giving up uh, two and a half is even money. And the total here is 22 and a half. Holger Rune needs to uh, sort his head out and sort his game out because uh, someone who's got an abundance of talent is having a bit of a... Uh, Having a bit of a meltdown. I don't know what's going on with him, to be honest. I don't. I, I really don't. We we spoke about it last week, didn't we? <clears throat> Excuse me about the the coaching situation. Uh, I think he's only got Kenneth Carlson left now, hasn't he? Mm. <laughs> well, as as I speak today, this exact hour, yeah. uh, you probably bring somebody else in. But he's play. He's another one who's playing the UTS in um, Oslo, isn't it? At the minute, so I don't know what's going on with him there at the moment. I've not. I've not really looked at the results. Not that it really makes any difference. They play a peculiar format there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so Rune beat Safflin, as you said, in the Brisbane semi-finals. But Safflin was at a bad one. That it was it was really really windy that day, and he he, he couldn't serve very well at all. Safflin. So it was a it was a bad one. I, I did quite like Safflin to beat him that day, but the wind really kind of blew him off course. Safflin. So indoors could be a a better situation for him. If you look at what these two have done last twelve months. At main level, excluding matches played on clay, it's it's Safflin with the the edge, 103 in terms of his service points, one in return points, one tail compared to 100 for Holger Rune. So decent advantage there for for Roman Safflin. Um, Safflin's not played either since he he lost a match he should have won against I think it was Greek Spore in um, the Australian Open. He was two sets up in that, so he's likely to be um, fresher than Rune, who's had injury issues. He pulled out of his uh, match against Corrid, didn't he, in the semi-finals of Montpellier with an arm injury. But, you know, a couple of days later, he went over to play UTS. So he's, I'm not sure what, that, that's not a great, a great feather in his cap, really, is it? Retiring from a, an ATP semi-final and then going over and playing for a couple of days in, in Oslo. That seems a bit strange to me. So, statistically, Rune's got nothing really to, to kind of hang his hat on over the last 12 months away from the clay. Um, I think this is a possible opportunity for, for Roman Safrilin. I, I just want, the, what, what's the current price? I just want the odds to be a, a squeak bigger. He was 2.78 when they played in. Plus 138. So what, it's Plus 138, 138 yeah. 2.38. Yeah, yeah, I want him, I want him to be over 2.5 really. I don't know what I'm just, I don't know if the mark is going to go that way. I mean, there is such a negative towards Rune at the moment. And looking, oh, I don't know, you know, there's, there's, his, his price has been sort of heavily. Some some books are down to minus $2 Rune. So there might, there might be, it might be sensible to leave a little bit and hopefully get a little bit better. But we might not get that. Yeah, I think I 150 think may be the highest you might get here. Yeah. If you can get, if you can get plus 150, then I'd say that's potentially a bet. But just, it's just a squeak short. So say it was plus 178. When they played in Brisbane, um, yeah, it's one a bigger price, but 
I'm tempted to back Zaffalin. I just want bigger odds. That's it's as simple as that. So wait and see the market. It's at the Bet Rivers website. As I said, 5 a.m. Uh, early start tomorrow, Monday. I don't think this match will be fight on Monday. The, the, the no. order of play. We don't know the order of play yet, but they'll be split over a couple of days, maybe even three days. You'll check the order of play, but if you do do it, if you do get involved in the early matches, it's a 5 a.m. start tomorrow. Um, and we're not going to touch this if it's plus 150. So really, in, in Rotterdam, just the one pick, just the one, the pick on, mm -hmm. on Saffling, yep. yeah? Oh, sorry, uh, uh, Rosa so Ruzavori is our bet, even money. Uh, I think that's an absolute cracking bet. I'm going to be heading across to wager that straight away after this show. Uh, let's move across to America, to Delray Beach in Florida, uh, where we have a tournament here. It's a 250 event. It's a tournament that Taylor Fritz won. He came here as a kid with his father and watched this tournament many times, and, and he won the tournament. So he was it was quite an emotional speech when he won the tournament last year. He was very, very relieved to do it, but... The American players aren't in some great form at the moment, Sean, and we're going to come on to them in a little bit. But it's been dominated by uh, the American players here. Uh, TFO's won it before, Pelka's won it before, and Taylor Fritz. But um, there are question marks about them. But uh, before we go on to the draw, before we give you the, uh, the the latest betting in Florida, what's the the conditions going to be like here? What's the weather and what's the course speeds? Yeah, it's a kind of a medium-slow, quite high-bouncing plexi-pave outdoor hardcourt that they play on here. Um, I think the main thing to mention is it, it does get pretty windy here at Delray Beach. It's it's obviously by the beach. It's it is open to the elements and it does get pretty strong winds. It's set to be a, a quite a windy week as well. Heat wise, it's it's a it's perfectly fine. It's about twenty five degrees, but it's it's the wind that you got to think about. Um, players that if you think of players that go well in the wind, you'd certainly be looking at backing those here. Um, it's not particularly quick. As I said, it averages 79% holds, 71% first serve points, one in the last three years. Say kind of a high-bouncing, medium-slowish uh, outdoor hardcore. Um, only 35% of the matches have featured a tie-break in the last 10 years, so not not big for tie-breaks. Uh, trend to the unders, in fact. Under 22.5 games has cashed 54% of the time in the last five years here at uh, Delray Beach, and it averages 33% dog uh, underdog winners, which is round about average. Have a look at the draw. <clears throat> uh, the top four seeds have received buys through to the second round, so the last 16, and those top four seeds are Taylor Fritz, number one. In the bottom half, Francis TFO, number two. Then Tommy Paul, number three, and number four, Adrian Menorino. And I, I, I thought it was a great market to be the top American at the end of the year. And I still think it's a brilliant market. I think Fritz is struggling. Tommy Paul's been through to the final. TFO absolutely struggling at the moment. Shelton not playing his best. I think the race to be the top American at the end of the year is a fascinating one. Giron mm. coming through. You've got Mickelson coming through as well. Some players there who are going to challenge and do well. Um, Taylor Fritz, obviously the defending champion. Uh, if he gets through to the quarterfinals, his seeded opponent would less likely to be Al Naldi. In the top half, Manorino will play Kate Manovich. And in the bottom half, it would be Dan Evans up against Tommy Paul, Purcell up against TFO. But obviously, there's some dangerous floaters in that draw. Uh, if we look at the outright betting, Taylor Fritz is the favourite. He's plus 225. TFO is plus 550. Tommy Paul is in the final uh, at the moment in, where was it, Dallas? Is Dallas this week? Yeah, Tommy yeah, Dallas, Paul, yeah. Dallas uh, he's in the final there against Giron, plus 550. Manorino is 10-1, to 1. Kikmanovic is 11, Thompson is 14-1. to 1. Uh, Giron, who's got to this final, playing well, 14-1, to 1, but he's not going to have to, the draw, the buy in the first round, so he's got to come mm. straight in the first round, 14-1. to 1. Mickelson at 16-1, to 1, 
quite like the look of his chances there. Uh, I'll now be at 18 to 1, and it's about 22 to 1 bar those players there. So 22 to 1 or bigger uh, for the rest of them. Um, what do you like here, Sean? What, about, what do you think of the draw? What do you think where the advantage lies? Any quarter you quite like or any sort of fade? Yeah, I think the bottom half is is pretty open, really. You've, you've got Tommy Paul and TFO as the, the seeds. You know, on paper, they're, they're quite strong, but TFO, I, I talked about him last week. He, he put in one really good performance in, in Dallas and then a, another absolutely awful one against, against Gearon. Just doesn't... I don't know. I, I can't really understand what's going on with him at the minute. The way he started Dallas, the first match he played, I can't remember who it was against, but he, he, he won it convincingly and all that energy was there. And then the next match... It, it, nothing. He was absolutely, you know, that's awful, just terrible. So he's a definite fade. Uh, Tommy Paul's yet to play the final in Dallas. Um, so he's had a, a, a strong week, a tough week. Um, so he's potentially opposable as well. Changing conditions coming from a an indoor lake hold, uh, hard service in Dallas to here. Um, outdoor, high bouncing. It's not going to be an easy transition for him. So the bottom half of the draw here, I, I, I'd like... The chances of um, Shang, Jerry Shang, as he's right. as he's known, uh, twenty-two to one he is. I think there's a, a a case to be made for him. The other one potentially is Dan Evans as well. I think those two look like the two that could cause uh, major problems in this bottom half of this draw. TFO in round one played Mickelson in Dallas. That's where he had the that big win. Mickelson, yeah. Well. yeah. And then Rose he got absolutely game. thrashed by Gearon, didn't he? Yeah. And they look like they they well if we if it, if it goes to they, there's a possibility they can meet again in the semi-finals. But we're going for Evans here at twenty-five to one and Zhang. Tell us a little bit about uh, Zhang. I mean, I'm not yeah. really too familiar about him. Yeah, he's improving rapidly as uh, Jerry Zhang, and you know the level that he's shown so far this year and towards the end of last year, I think that's good enough to win a tournament like this. Assuming that he's fit, which is the major problem that's held him back so far in his career, um, he's certainly got the ability to win win a two fifty. You know, he beat Francis Tiafo in straight sets in Hong Kong last month. Uh, his first match, Tiafo's first match, will probably be, hopefully, be against Shang. Shang's got a qualifier in round one. Then he'll play um, Tiafo. So, and he'll be confident about that. Shang, he's you know beaten Tiafo pretty comfortably, and the form that Tiafo's in now. You know, that's that's a match to look at and think that Shang's got a definite underdog possibilities. He trains here in Florida, in Prudenton, does um Shang has done for years with Nishikori over at the IMG Academy. So he's very, very familiar with with the conditions. Um, he'll be very well prepared. So on the form that he showed in Hong Kong, he beat Van der Zanskort, beat Jere, beat TFO, lost a, a tight one to in three sets to Andre Rublev in the semifinals. That form for me is, is good enough in conditions that he's very, very familiar with, as I said, in Florida. So I think there's a lot to like about his chances. Um, he's the one I'm going to take as an official player. The other one to maybe think about is Dan Evans, but we'll talk about him in a minute. Yep. 22 to 1, Vajang. He's 19 years of age. Uh, he's based over in Florida. And uh, he's up against TFO in, if he gets through the qualifier, he plays TFO in the second round. TFO has a buy, and he's beaten him before. TFO is the fade for us, and if the draw opens up... Without Zhang, TFO, that Q4 looks yep. really weak. And that could, he could be half the price of that very, very quickly. So Zhang is the man for us at 22 to 1. Uh, talking about the match, we've got one match we're going to talk about, Dan Evans, and you sort of touched on it there, Sean, that you, you quite like Dan Evans' chances to go deep in the tournament. I'm sure you're going yep. to like him here to win this match. 
He's up against Jordan Thompson. Uh, he's a plus 123 outsider for this match. Underdog Thompson is minus 152, despite leading the Aussie 3-0 on the head-to-head. -head. Uh, two and a half is the handicap. Evans receives it, minus 132, plus 104 for Thompson. And, this, and the total is 22 and a half. Uh, I'm going to get you the time this match starts. But uh, in the meantime, if you could just break us down this and why you, why you like Evans. I think Evans looks a great bet, plus 123. Yeah, I do like Dan Evans here. Um, as I said, conditions are very windy here at Delray Beach. And I've always thought he's a, a very good player in the wind. He, he ticks a lot of boxes in these sort of conditions. Does Dan Evans, you know, he's, he, he's, he moves well. He's very nimble about the court. Technically, he's very good. He's got a lot of variety and layers to his game. You know, he's got got the slice and all the different ways of playing. He can come to the net if he wants to. Um, all these things are, are very, very useful in the wind when you know, the, the ball's not really going where you want it. It's moving around. It's It doesn't really suit the more rigid type of player, which for me, Jordan Thompson is. Um, and he's, he's gone well here. He's only played here once before, um, Dan Evans. He made the final as a qualifier back in 2019. I think he lost to Rado Albot in the final that year. Um, so he's a player that you, you want to be on when it's windy, as it is expected to be in, in, in Delray Beach. Um, I presume that Dan's been here for a while. He's not played since the Australian Open. He's had a lot of injury problems recently, but I imagine he's been here um, for a little while. Thompson obviously hasn't because he's just lost in the quarterfinals in Dallas. He's got to adapt now to very different conditions uh, and he's only got a couple of days to do it. And he's never shown any liking for this tournament, Jordan Thompson. He's one and four win-loss here at Delray Beach. Um, I just feel like the conditions will favour Evans much more than than Thompson and, and Evans will have had a lot longer to get acclimatised to the, the Florida uh, weather. And the head-to-head, -head, which is 3-0 to, to Dan Evans, all on grass, which for me is Thompson's strongest surface. Mm. I, I'm not wild on Dan Evans on, on grass, to be honest. Thompson, you know, reached a couple of finals on grass. That, for me, is his best his best conditions. And he's not won a set in three matches against Dan Evans. I, I just feel Evans can pick him apart, particularly if it's, if it's windy. Assuming that Dan's fit, that the gamble here is, is he fit? Let's hope he is. Uh, if he is, that's, that, that's a good price for me. Yep, Dan Evans is available at where's my outright price? What price? It's sixteen to one, was it? Dan Evans to win the tournament. To, this well, tournament. We're just talking about the props for this yeah, match. Yeah, but, but for the tournament, I didn't mention. I think he's sixteen to one, but for the match here, he's plus one twenty three. So I, I missed him off the list when we gave the the, the runners and runners oh, right, on okay. the list. So he's sixteen to one, and that match starts. The action in Delray Beach starts at eleven a.m. Uh, Eastern time tomorrow. So uh, make sure you got a bit of time to get, look at the wages we'll see the order of play and hopefully uh, Evans or Thompson uh, was one of the early starts and that plus 123 is still there 3-0 he leads the head to head uh, we did say that we have another tournament but um, unfortunately at the time of recording this we haven't got any outright markets and I know Sean hasn't looked at the draw here but it is in Buenos Aires in Argentina where Carlos Alcaraz is the defending champion and he's the number one seed. He's going to be a very, very heavy favourite, very similar to Yannick Sinner. He's in the top half of the draw. Uh, he's sort of he's got a bias through to the last 16. The top four seeds all have a bias to the last six. Nicholas Jarry is his likely opponent in the semi-final. In the bottom half, it's Seren Duda and Cam Norrie. Um, you would expect Alcaraz to be, I, I think Alcaraz will be a heavy minus money favourite to win this tournament. Uh, and I think really you've got to look at it in the bottom half of the draw and potentially look at somebody who who could surprise at a big price and take to take some value away from you know from the market here and maybe reach the final. And uh, I know you haven't seen the draw uh, yet, mm. Sean, but I had a brief look at it. And uh, the one player that sort of interested me was Alessandro Tabilo. 
Um, I don't know what price is going to be, but obviously the start of the year, he surprised everyone, didn't he, with his form in Auckland. He won the tournament. 50 to one, yeah. Yeah, won the tournament. And he's won that tournament in, in quickish conditions. He went to the Australian Open and he was beaten in round one, which didn't come as much of a surprise because he was absolutely exhausted yeah, he was within yeah. the tournament. And he played in five sets. He was three sets, two sets to one up and lost the final two sets. Um, but I think if you look at Serendulu, I, 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 I can't have at the moment. Cam Norrie, no. I think. I'm never, never a fan of Cam Norrie. These, these artificially low prices. Artur Fields is in there. I mean, Feasting's going to be in there. I wouldn't fancy him. Sebastian Bays is into a final this week as well. So again, he's got to come to Buenos Aires. I know it's the Argentinian support there will be interesting. But I think Tabio, uh, if we can get a nice price each way, I'm going to take the Chilean to get through to the final each way. But um, Sean will probably have a look at the draw and if there's any thoughts, I'm sure he might. I will on Tuesday show, yeah. Yeah, put it out on Tuesday. But uh, my first reaction was Tabido. If he can show that hardcore form on his favourite surface, I, I think he might come out as a... He's up to a career high in the rankings as well. Well, just 50, just inside the top 50. So I, I think I think he might go well for you at a big price. But we've definitely got to look at the each way away from Carlos Alcaraz in the top half of the draw. So yeah, that's been one today. He's got a very strong record there. Sorry, yeah, um, Alexander Dogopolov in 2017 is the only unseeded winner since 2007, and the number one seed has made the semi-finals at least the semi-finals every year since 2007. So it's not generally been a place to kind of um, find a, a big price winner. Very slow conditions in Buenos Aires, but we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that on Tuesday. We're, we're trying to just get a, play, a big price finalist. That's all, we, that's all we need. We need some of that bum last game. I might and... be able to pick one out. If Serendola and Norrie are the two luminaries in the bottom half of the draw, then I think you've got a, a possibility, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that that, that is it. And uh, you, you've got Lajovic, Feast, Tabilo, Hanferman, Altmaier, Baez, who's going to be exhausted. Tardelli. We'll have to check the weather because it's been insanely hot, hasn't it, yeah. in, um, in Argentina. That, that, that could be a fact. I've not looked at the weather yet. Okay. We'll talk about that on <laughs> Tuesday's show. Sean will be back on Tuesday and... Uh, We'll be back again on Wednesday as well, looking at the matches in all three of the tournaments, and we'll give you some updated outright prices on tournament winner prices uh, from Bet Rivers when we can do that. Uh, make sure you follow us on uh, loads of our different content. I mean, we, you can follow us and or subscribe to our um, YouTube channel, Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the YouTube channel. Oh, sorry, Betting Weekly Studios on the YouTube channel. Please subscribe. There. We've got some brilliant content on there. The Champions League football is back on Monday, so. The American football season might be over, but the European soccer season is really lighting up with the Champions League there. So subscribe to Betting Weekly Studios on YouTube. Download this podcast, Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, on your preferred podcast provider. And remember to follow us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram. There's going to be loads of giveaways on there with T-shirts. Uh, and make sure you will do lots of other stuff and exclusive content on the Instagram account. Uh, Sean, uh, have a good remainder of your Sunday afternoon. Um, Thank you. Thanks very much for your time. If you are watching this before the Super Bowl, good luck with your bets this, this afternoon, this evening on the Super Bowl. And uh, Sean, watch it. You, you might recognise Taylor Swift by the end of the week. We might, I really we might, won't. We, we might know. We might know her by the end of the week if, if she comes to Leon C with her soon-to-be fiancé. Uh, yeah, he may be. <laughs> take care and uh, all the best for your wages.